He loves spreadsheets. I okay. Don't. Fabulous combo. Uh, an easy, I relate. Easy split down. Yes. Perfect. I feel like you're probably in my camp. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> definitely not the spreadsheet gal. My husband no. likes a laminated travel itinerary. <laughs> Oh my gosh, okay, they get on like a house on fire. It's a good combo, I think. It's a good combo. Hello, you beautiful interweb folk. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to another episode of Thanks a Million, the podcast that thinks all about thanks with the good, the great and the grateful. Now, right off the bat, did you know we have a WhatsApp number? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is right. You can text me. And this is the one. If you want to hear your voice on the show, you can also send me a little voice note. I can promise I won't speed it up to 1.5. If you're like me, or any of my pals, they're rambling, nonsensical voice notes, but they're my favourite. It's fine. It's background noise. No offence. We'll use it if it's good. I want to know, what's your thank fuck for that? The more bizarre, the better. So is there a moment, is there an episode, a chapter in your life, a thing that happened, something you got away with? <laughs> or something you did that you're very proud of? Uh, let me know. Right, let's get to it. There are about a million things that I've been grateful for lately. I'm so thankful for bed socks. I mean, they don't even have to be specifically actual bed socks, although I like that. Cashmere sock is my absolute favourite, which is obviously a little bit bougie. But a bed sock, especially given how mental the old gas prices are these days, whack a sock on, a thick sock Turn your legs upside down on the headboard. Let the blood flow to those cold, stiff hooves. <laughs> Honestly, bed socks for the win. And I don't know about you, but I find them sexy. So does my husband. That's what he says. <laughs> It's an absolute lie. He finds them repulsive. He keeps sending me articles where he says, you know, it's really bad for your circulation because he knows that if he says to me they are absolutely vile, whether they're cashmere or pennies, I don't care. But if he says to me, actually, do you know what? Temperature regulation is a necessary part of the sleep cycle. And while you have bed socks on, that may be restricting blood vessels. And then I'll go, oh, if it's not good for me, I'm going to nip the bed socks off. Anyway. I like them and I really don't care what anyone thinks, him included. Okay, enough about bed socks. Before we dive into today's chat, what are you, the listeners, thankful for? Anna from Montana. Hi! Oh my God. It's like Hannah Montana. Also, hi America. I'm so thankful for my partner, says Anna, and my community of friends. Having people around you that you love is one of the most precious things in life. You're so right, Anna Montana. Bans says my daughter woke up happy and stayed that way. So that's the dream. If anyone's got kids, and I know a lot of you do from the comments that I get, it's the difference between a day that's just foggy and forced and a day that feels a little bit breezier. My baby currently, well, sometimes this morning she woke up at six o'clock gurgling. Now, that sounds headachey for many of you. That was an absolute win. It's been 430 4am sometimes. I mean, that is the middle of the night, okay? And she wakes up cranky like she's been spooked. And then the whole day is just a shit show until she goes back down to sleep at literally eight o'clock. And that, I said the whole day because it actually feels like a whole day has passed when you've been up since 4am. Anyway, yeah, agree with you, Bance. I mean, you didn't say anything. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yes, happy daughter, happy water. I fuck knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Six o'clock is still early, okay? Give me a break. Enough fannying about for me. Let's get into today's guest. Following a period of ill health in 2011, today's guest launched her tremendously popular food website, deliciouslyella.com. It started as a blog when that was a thing. Since then, our guest has taken the plant-based culinary world by storm. She is the author of multiple best-selling cookbooks. Ten years on from launching her company, Deliciously Ella, there are projected revenues of £20 million for this year. As well as selling a whole range of plant-based foods all over the world, there is now a well-being app and a restaurant as part of the Deliciously Ella empire. Needless to say, she's a very, very busy woman with two young children and a whole host of demands. Please welcome to the show the phenomenal Ella Mills. Hello. Hi, Angela. How are you? Oh my gosh, you're wearing that shirt. I saw on Instagram this morning. It's a good shirt, isn't it? Dopamine dressing. I know. I love a bit of dopamine dressing and also it's sustainable, but it's by a little brand called Damson Matter. Um, love them. Like absolutely love it. The colour for anyone who, you know, can't see us it is obnoxiously large, which I'm prone to, but it's pink and red embroidery. It's like toddler dressing. I love toddler dressing. It's unbelievable. Anyway, mm. saw it on Instagram. Thank this you. I love it. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm really good. Yeah, good. I am very, very well. Well, thank you for being here. Um, before we kick on, we have a little game that we've introduced uh, this series, which is, I don't know where you are in your house. I'm in or my in office. office. Yeah. You're in your office. Okay. Yeah. Is there something that you can see or put your hand on that you are grateful for right now? Oh, gosh. You know what? There's, even in here, there's quite a lot of things. There's two things. I'll show you. Coffee. It's a reusable cup. It's not a reusable cup, so I have to apologise for that. Okay. But I had such a moment with my coffee today, this exact coffee, an hour yeah. ago. Really trying to take those pauses every day. And I try and not take my phone when I go and get my coffee in the morning as my nice. kind of mid-morning work break. And I sip it slowly. And this was a moment. And oh, always have snacks in our office. And I feel very grateful for this because this is really the foundation of our life. Yeah. Is that one of yours? That's one of ours, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. I was like, I hope it it's is. not. No, it is. Yeah. And it's created endless possibility. Lots of yes. stress, but also endless possibility. Wonderful. I, I love that idea of, because coffee can be, it's so habitual, isn't it? You get up, down the hatch, your body is like looking for it literally before you've even thought about it. And I have, I have cacao. I'm late. Usually I have it in the morning, but I've been having it, um, yeah, it's usually like a little moment of of pause, which I think is, as you say, so important to try and find. It's so important. And I'm quite obsessed with this at the moment because I think that we, well, almost all of us live in this very noisy world where you've got so many different um, forces competing for your attention from the second you wake up to the second you go to bed. Yeah. And it's just so easy to get swept up in the kind of all the different stress and busyness and intensity of the world around you and all the exterior events and finding those little punctuations and rituals and tools that allow you to be have more control of your inner environment 
to yeah. better weather the madness is key. On the outside, absolutely. So what's your morning routine like then? It's so funny you actually ask this because we were in lockdown. Morning routine was life. And my husband and I got so into it. Oh my gosh. And we, because we've got two little girls. They are now Same. three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. The best thing in the world. Um, so Sky is three and May um, is two next weekend. And um, they've just got to the point where they generally sleep through the night and they generally sleep till like 6.45, 7, sometimes even a minute after 7. Beautiful job. Oh, magic. But in the beginning of lockdown, I was pregnant with May, but it was just Sky, And she's she is actually touch wood, always been quite a sleeper, May a bit less so. And so we got so into this morning routine and trying to reclaim the time before the day started. And so we started getting up at about 5, 5.15. And so that we get in a solid kind of hour and a half, up to two hours every day. And we've just gone back to it. I would say it has transformed my life in the most extraordinary way. Um, You know, when you said, how are you? I feel like my genuine hand on heart real answer was phenomenal. And this has been a day. It's always a day at the Deliciously Other Office. There's like always a crisis that unfolds in some capacity because we do far too many different things in the business. And just somehow weather the emotions. Like, so we get up, um, meditate, so we do 10 minutes of breath work and then an affirmation practice. Um, quiet coffee, so no, no phones at this point. I don't do my phone until I leave the house in the morning. Lovely. And then um, do some yoga and then get the girls up and have breakfast with them. So quiet coffee, does that mean like this is a silent retreat kind of zone? You're not talking to each other? Don't know. No, not, not completely, but like, no, we don't have our phones okay. um, and we'll chat with each other a little bit or like put on some nice music and just kind of basically gentle. wake up. Gentle. I love that. Maybe we should call it gentle coffee, but gentle, gentle coffee. Gentle coffee. I love that. And again, it's that coffee thing. It can be either symbolic of down the hatch, get on the treadmill or you can, because I believe that you can turn anything into a ritual. Really, it's just about the, the pause wrapped around it. You know, one of your I bars totally can be a ritual on the tube for somebody if they go inside and have a little moment. And so I think those just become little touch points, don't they, in the day? Whatever it is that you resonate with or that you connect with, it's, it's kind of building a little moment of, of quiet and connection. A hundred percent. And I think it's also kind of, I think you do have to act, especially for people living in busy places, having busy lives with lots mm-hmm. of responsibilities. I do, do think you have to actively kind of every single day go out and find those, you know, and find and implement those tools and those moments. I mean, we got to a point where we would wake up with the baby monitor with one of them shouting, Mommy, I'm awake. Come and get me. And then, so you haven't even had 20 seconds to yourself. Then you're straight into toddler feeding time, you know, which can be bliss, can feel like you're at the zoo yeah. and, you know, you're being kind of eaten by the lions. Then you're straight on the commute to work. Then you're at work all day, intense, intense, intense. You race home to try and see them before they go to sleep. Then you finish, catch up with work. Basically, it just feels like the whole day is on top of you versus you being on top of the day yeah I love that I love that and I actually lockdown was one of my favorite things I mean I know I shouldn't say that there was lots of awful things but I really loved that sense of space in a day and I think you have to kind of create that 
and sometimes you don't want to with the old snooze button but it's like get up your day will feel infinitely better if you've made a bit of space at the front end of it yeah I think so so thank you for that writing it down setting my alarm early again I'm like okay here we go back in the zone um what is the advice that you're most thankful for it's such a good one and I when I was looking at your questions I found it really difficult almost to pinpoint one in particular there was one piece of advice that um someone gave me recently though and I think for me that's probably been the most pertinent which is that to to truly be happy in your life you've got to really really understand what your values are and they're going to be different to each and every one of us and then you've got to align your life to live with that and then I think it's just an exercise in trying to let go of the expectations around that any sense of self-doubt any sense of fear but you know of course you've got to do things you don't want to do that's part of life but equally I think we probably have more control than we sometimes feel that we do in shaping our lives to be what they want but it's just very easy to get swept up in that noise and to um I think and to stop living by those values and so it sounds really easy I mean like all the best advice just figure out your values and do that but it's quite a confronting I think for people to go okay how do I, that it feels like a monumental question to boil down it's quite confronting I totally agree and I think it's also that sense of not bravery but it's almost saying like you know what actually these are the things that matter to me and those might be different than what matters to you or what matters to my colleague and that that will fundamentally shape our lives won't it because I think if you sit down and you really boil down into what really matters to you maybe for example like your career is top of mind and maybe it's really not And in realising perhaps that it's really not and in fact time with your friends is or um, making time for quiet time in your life and actually you're okay, not to to fail but to take a slight step back from the career being number one, it just being more part of the day to day, exactly and making more space for other things, you are accepting that your colleague will almost certainly get promoted before you Mm -hmm. and your friends might get promoted before you and your career may very well not look like those your earnings might be different etc but actually that aligns with who you genuinely are and therefore you are infinitely happier for it and I think it's just those moments of realizing exactly that what what is it that really makes you feel free and happy and genuinely fulfilled and how do you make space for that in your life and I think most of us don't take the time to go what like what's important to me we kind of are swept up in this idea of what's what will make us happy this kind of formula that we're fed very early on and then when it doesn't feed us or make us whole or happy uh, it's terrifying totally and you know look it's not to generalize but I, I think particularly with women we see this where there's this sense of doing it all and yeah. I think that's almost impossible to align to your values because it's quite literally impossible but it is this sense of the kind of keeping up with the Joneses, got to do what everybody else is doing. And it's almost just giving us permission to say, you know, it's OK. Yeah, you don't need to do what everyone else is doing. And I do think that sense of, you know, again, if you if you boil it down and you think, what are my values? Actually, my values are spending that quality time having space in a day and the, the hit that that might, um, you know, the impact that might have, as you say, on your bank account. It's like the realisation that, Yes, you can you can have it all, but not all at the same time. And so it's it's 
acknowledging and, and knowing that there will be sacrifice, that the idea of having it all is actually a complete fallacy. Total fallacy. And I think that we are desperate for it not to be. And I think the world makes it look like it doesn't need to, that, yeah. that it doesn't need to be the case. And, you know, of course you can do it all and it's not very anti-feminist to say that you can't, etc. But yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you, you feel in your life, but certainly I feel it's, you know, it's literally impossible. You know, you mm-hmm. can't give, I saw, saw an amazing analogy the other day about um, life being like a set of five induction rings and you can have two on full blast, you can have three on half blast, but you know you cannot have all five of them going on full blast at all times it's impossible and I think your life is like that you can kind of do two things brilliantly yeah and slot in a third thing but you can't stop putting in a fourth and a fifth or you're just gonna collapse fall apart yeah and I think it's expectation as well and sometimes the people that look like they have it all are are the kind of a types very driven you know but actually it's it's okay to do things I mean, not at half mast, but like not everything has to be at 100% all the time, you know? That it's kind just of... as valid to put the biggest bits of your attention into other parts of your life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, whatever it is, maybe it is into your career and not into your social life, or maybe it's into your social life and not into your career. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I'm not saying you don't have to work, obviously that's not reality for the vast majority of people but it's just that you're not spending the extra time there or the extra emotional yeah, energy there the energy wanna, exactly because you're putting that into other things because actually your friends are more important than the promotion or maybe the promotion's more important to your friends and both are okay both are okay but knowing the uh, why you're doing it and I think that's it it's like actually waking up and going oh I'm, I'm there's a sacrifice to the choice that I've made just now and I'm choosing exactly. it actively rather than just being swept away in 20 years from now going to go, oh, fuck, I have nobody left in my life, but I've got a great job and no one to share it with. Exactly. And you I know. think it is that thing, isn't it? You, we can't control the world around us. Of course, we can't. We've, I think we've all seen that so many times in all aspects of our life. But I think you can control your inner world more than we probably let on to an extent or more yeah. than we kind of practiced in the busy Western world today. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing of like people are more afraid of their power, you know, that actually getting in touch with how much, yeah, make control or, you know, your responsibility. That's a hard word for people to eat sometimes, you know, and it can work for good or for bad. Um, Okay, I love that. Values. Off the top of your head, what are yours? See, I have spent spent a lot of time figuring this out recently. And um, my husband always solves for me because I'm such a, I'm such an all or nothing person. You know, I am a hundred percent all energy into one thing mm-hmm. and then, and then into the next thing the next day. And, um, says it can be a little bit like living with a tornado and that's, <laughs> um, but I've been really trying to boil it down actually. And I think really for me, mine is a sense of peace and calm. Ultimately, that is the thing that I strive for the most in my life and I think it's the one thing that I've actually let go of the most in the last year and because our work is so busy it's been so easy to get swept up in the kind of almost comical sense of calamity that has been the last few years between the pandemic and Brexit and now inflation and Mm -hmm. all the other various challenges that had come our way and I think that I've kind of, yeah, had let go of this sense and, and ultimately like that sense of kind of peace and calm and true well-being and empowering other people with their well-being. That is the core 
really who I am and I just noticed you know I wasn't as present with my kids I wasn't as calm as I'd like to be with them or like in printing those bits of parenting I wasn't doing that in my work and I was just basically probably living in a bit of a kind of almost you get quite addicted I think to the to stress and to yeah the next thing etc and you're kind of defining yourself by like I'm so busy um like how crazy my life is and <laughs> look I think how busy I am exactly yeah. and it's been a really interesting exercise in stripping that back and the last mm-hmm. few days have been a really interesting test of it because we have had some serious challenges but to sit back and be able to kind of ride them in a way that feels so much smoother and not a puddle of anxiety and still leave the office on time to actually get that time with my kids and turn my phone off and leave it upstairs and not pick it up again until they go to bed. I'm kind of unrecognised, what I'd say, in my happiness. So I think there's just that example, to me personally, of the fact that I've got more control than I think that I have. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of discipline, I think, in implementing it. I was going to say discipline, but also awareness, because I think... That that idea of of being addicted to the next hit and the next success, I think it's kind of this circle, isn't it? Because people will speak to you and go, so what's next? What's next? And you find yourself kind of, I don't know, I found, you know, when I was coming off maternity leave, it's like, what, what's happening in work? And I'm like, I almost had to like prime myself to go, I'm taking, I'm taking a little bit of time off and like really feel, I needed to feel solid in myself to be able to say, I've decided to take a bit of time off and I realise that's a very privileged position to be in. But I didn't do it with my first daughter and I had regrets around not kind of, you know, being there, I suppose, in every sense of that word. And but but I did find the kind of, oh, you know, punchy to, to opt out, I think, when there are opportunities and there's potential to move and to do shiny things. But like knowing your value and going, actually, no to have that little bit of peace and quiet or for me ease it's like a sense of ease in the day rather than that tightening of you know yeah anxiety I suppose with expectations from lots of other people exactly as you said it's quite scary to to do it yeah but like empowering totally and I think once you start to do it you realize that you do get this sense of unintentional ease Mm. because suddenly you say, you know, look, I'm so sorry. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. But actually, I don't want to miss that evening with my kids or whatever it is. But maybe, or maybe you really, really want to be there because that's so important to you. But it just suddenly starts, life, I think, starts to unfold in a way that's a lot simpler because you know why you do or don't want to do certain things. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, not just immediate yes and then scrambling to back out of it at the last minute. Exactly. Um, the thank fuck for that. Um, I feel like you're alluding to to chapters. Yeah, yeah, it's such an interesting one. It's um, I don't know. There's just been so many. It's a really, it's a strange one, and it's one that I guess I would caveat with. If someone had said this to me at the time, I would have found it really, really, really difficult. So, I, so I do understand that. But actually, like I, I was very, very ill. Gosh, eleven years ago now, and. It was at that point that the most devastating thing that ever happened to me, you know, I was a student, I was living my best life. And and for the first time, I don't think I'd been that happy as a teenager and really known who I was 
And I finally felt like myself and I really was enjoying every aspect of my life. I'd really made great friends and everything felt like it finally made sense. And kind of a year into that, I suddenly couldn't leave the house. I was in and out of hospital. I was not speaking to any of my friends. I was just speaking to various different medical professionals, having MRIs and endoscopies and colonoscopies and ultrasounds and the endoscopy that goes into your bladder. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, you name it, I did it. So like all consuming? All consuming, everything. I, I literally couldn't leave the house. I was so ill. I had no future and I was kind of catatonically depressed, but I didn't really even realise I was at the, at the time because life had swamped me so much. Um, and if anyone had ever said to me at that point, this might be the greatest thing that could ever happen to you, you know, I... I would have just punched them. (laughs) You know, all your friends are living their best life and they're enjoying being in their early 20s and you can't relate to a single one of them. You're so ill, you don't even know if you could ever have a job, if you could ever leave home. Taking over 20 different medications a day, no one knows how they can make you better. So it was that extreme. It was that extreme. And it was so isolating and it was so difficult. But I never, ever, ever, ever would have the life I have today if that hadn't have happened. And, you know, in every single aspect, because, like, you know, I, it's totally changed my life professionally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I met my husband through what I do. We've got two children together. We run the business together. Yeah. You know, it has literally shaped every single aspect of my life, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just interesting, isn't it? You know, I'm always hesitant for the this concept of silver linings because I think sometimes it can be so difficult when such awful things are happening. And But equally, I think somehow there's a lesson in everything. You know, even, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened, you know, certainly was my, my mother-in-law got a brain tumour in um, 2017 and passed away within the year. And it was after she passed away that we said, you know what, well, like, let's take life off hold. Let's stop giving everything to our careers. Let's have a, let's get pregnant. Let's have a family. And and our daughter was called born, and she's she's named after her grandmother, and she's a real reincarnation of her. And you know, it's it's not obviously losing her was you know will always be something devastating, but there's still something that's really beautiful that yeah, that came out of it and hopeful. And um, she's got a little cousin exactly the same age as her, um, who, who felt you know from the same same kind of story and you know seeing them together is extraordinary totally and also with your being ill is it only now that you can look back how like at what point did you go okay I'm so glad for that because like you say it, it feels like a reach when you're in the middle of it you know and that's the the dream is to be able to recognize that whatever shit show you're in is you know has the potential to make you grow and to turn into something wonderful but did it take long yeah, I mean, it took... So, for basically a year, I just gave up. Yeah. I I just couldn't get my head around it. I couldn't really fathom feeling so different to other people. And I just wanted someone to have an answer. I really just was desperate for someone to say, look, just do this and you'll get better and it'll be easy. And I think I was holding out for that, basically, that kind of silver bullet. Mm-hmm. And it, and I reached a point about a year later where it was very evident that that didn't exist. And then I was speaking to my godmother, who, when she'd been a very similar age, had ME, okay. which is the kind of more extreme end of chronic fatigue. And she'd been 
um, housebound for most of her 20s. And she started talking to me about her experience at that point. And she was talking about how, for her, getting a hobby changed her life and kind of changed the whole experience. And obviously the hobby has to be reasonable for the circumstances. And for her, it had been photography because it was something she could really learn from the sofa and and um, and that sense of um, purpose and passion started to kind of bring a bit of spark back into her life. And I was so inspired by that. And I thought, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of what I was missing was that I'd become so dejected because I literally just sat in bed all day watching TV and refreshing Facebook, looking at what other people were doing. And so there was this sense of, okay, total FOMO and it was just making everything so much worse. And so I was very inspired by that and felt, you know, kind of, why not? And anyway, my friend said, why don't you, you know, because I was wanted to then change my whole lifestyle and the way I was eating, the way I was living. And my friend said, well, why don't you do it as a blog? Blogs are taking off. I didn't even know what a blog was at this point. So she set me up on a A weblog. I know. So it feels very um, amazing how quickly the world changes. I know. Um, Anyway, she set me up on this and I'd been so kind of, isolated from people so embarrassed and, and uncomfortable with everything I, I really wasn't communicating a huge amount and I sat down and I wrote the about section and I wrote you know this is my story this is what's happened this is why I'm doing this project and it, I wasn't writing it for anybody else I wasn't writing it with the intention of other people really reading it. it was just almost setting out kind of the point and the mission statement for my own personal project yeah but it was in writing it down that I suddenly thought I don't know it was the first time I'd felt empowered and I thought okay no this is my story and I'm actively saying here I want to change the trajectory and I'm going to put all my energy into trying to do that so that was the first moment where I felt not that this was a good thing but there was a sense of empowerment in the problem and then it was as the community around it started to grow within you know kind of a year later and I started to get all these messages from people saying, you know, I've been following what you're doing. I've been making all the recipes. I've changed my life, how you've changed your life, you know, inspired by you and what you're doing. And it's had the most extraordinary repercussions and I'm feeling so much better and this has happened and this has happened. And that was when I was like, right, I'm taking something bad and turning it into something good. And that kind of set the tone for everything. And now I feel that so, so deeply. I mean, I had this message yesterday from somebody who got to know the brand. We had a very, very tiny cafe in 2015. Oh, um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, our original. Yeah. And there was a there was a restaurant opposite. And she got to know the brand because she was waitressing in the restaurant. And okay. she was going through a really, really difficult time. A partner with very, very severe um, drug addiction. And she lost her partner. And she through through the addiction and she just completely lost herself and and had been through that much of a difficult time and she subsequently found the brand started connecting with the brand downloaded the app started meditating every day and changed the way she ate anyway completely changed her life story and look this was all her hard work but we were just able to provide some tools to help her do it and you just think thank god i was ill you know that was this was someone's life who was in the darkest place and somehow we managed to help and bring some light to it. And as I said, it was all her hard work, but we were just able to provide some tools to facilitate some of it. And you do, you just feel genuinely so grateful for the difficulty because it's given so much goodness. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I imagine it doesn't, you know, you never tire from hearing those stories. No, sometimes some people write messages and they say, 
oh, you probably don't want to read this. I'm like, like, give I do. Your life stories. <laughs> I want to read it. It's amazing. Um, okay, is there a thanks that got away? It's a really interesting one, this one. And there are certainly a lot of individuals who you, I think as you get older, feel like you could have learned a lot from. And, and maybe when you were a bit younger, you were just not as interested in what wiser people had to say. To certainly a lot of people, I guess, throughout my life, whether that was teachers or relatives that I wish I'd gleaned more from and got kind of deeper into their own stories. Mm-hmm. Um and taken much more inspiration from. But I think it's probably the people who had the biggest impact on my life, who I don't feel I've ever really been able to thank, are the people that gave me the very early confidence in what I was doing with Delicious Ella because I was I had such low self-esteem when I started, having come out of this illness. And it was these total strangers that really changed the trajectory of my whole life so we started doing one person said to me and again I've got no idea who this person is but they said you know I really want to learn to cook would you would you do a cooking class on on the recipes that you're doing and so we started to do that and these complete strangers it would be 10 people in a class bought tickets I mean who bought I don't can't believe they bought a ticket I had no idea what I was doing not even a tiny bit um, but they started buying tickets to come to this and it was this extraordinary experience of sitting down with these really like-minded people and starting to connect and inspire each other to make these impacts on our lives. But at the time, I just, it was kind of work and I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I just didn't realise what a huge significance it would have and how much that would start to set the wheels in motion. And I always thought it would just be something really small and that's where I'd stay and maybe I'd keep doing them, maybe I wouldn't. But I had no idea that it would be the start of this. And as people, I don't, it's almost when you're going through things you don't realise it. And I don't think I realised that my self-confidence, my self-esteem was as low as it was. And I don't think I realised that these people in believing in me and in trusting me when I didn't believe in myself we're starting to change that narrative. And in changing that narrative, it gave this sense of confidence and belief to keep trying and keep putting myself out there and keep going and embrace that vulnerability. You know, it's the first people that responded to when I sat down and wrote my story out, the first people that responded to that. You know, they they gave me a confidence to talk about something I hadn't been able to talk about. And it wasn't family and friends who did that. It was complete strangers on the internet. Um, so it's really this community in the early days that kind of gave me my life back. And it wasn't that family and friends weren't supportive, but I think it was such a unique set of circumstances. I didn't really want to talk to them about it and had shut myself away so much that it was these complete strangers that started to kind of rebuild my life. But I don't, I didn't realise all the different building blocks that they were putting in place at that time. And it's looking back on it now that I realised if they hadn't have given me that sense of confidence and that really positive response, encouragement, never ever would have kept going. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I mean, you know, the blog, and we joke about it, the blog and cookery classes, like paint a picture of where the business is now. So it's, yeah, it started with these cooking classes and, and a blog and um, it's now, we've got over 50 people in the team. We're in 
six, almost seven different countries around the world in about 8,000 stores. We've got over 40 different food products. It's like 3 million people. 40? Yeah, there's Where about 3 million like, people. I know. I know. I mean, 3 million people in the UK bought our food products in the last six months. Wow. Yeah, it's really crazy. And it's just, I don't think that people realise like each one of these people are so impactful and I'm so grateful to every single one of them and so it's you and your hubby now running the show yes yeah we do it together he runs the business and then so what you like ideas yeah he loves spreadsheets I okay. don't fabulous combo uh, easy, I relate easy split down yes Perfect. I feel like you're probably in my camp yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> definitely not the spreadsheet gal my husband no. likes a laminated travel itinerary <laughs> Oh my gosh, okay, they get on like a house on fire. It's a good combo, I think. It's a good combo. I think it's good to have clear delineation, if that's the right word. Oh my gosh, 100%. People always say, oh, how on earth do you work together? And that is why, because we are so different. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in the test kitchen all morning looking at recipe development and how to make tempeh taste nice. Okay, and come on, different good things luck with going that. on our, yeah, <laughs> and tricky. different things going on our menu at our restaurant, yeah, and talking to you and and these sorts of things. And mm. he's been holed into a meeting room looking at financial knee deep in budgets, knee deep in budgets. <laughs> and he's so excited about it. So you know, each to their own. Know what your values are. Living in uh, dreams. Yeah, yeah, but it's that's how it works, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, what what's next? Where can we find you? What are you doing? Because I feel like the empire, the universe of Deliciously Ella is ever expanding. It is. Yeah, Deliciously Ella keeps keeps going. You know what? For me, on a like really professionally, yeah, keeps going, keeps growing. Um, fingers crossed it's got a big listing at the kind of Tesco of the Netherlands this morning. So that's well massive for us for next year. So lots of exciting things like that going on. We're actually launching a brand new brand um, for Waitrose. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, which will be kind of sister brand to Delicious Ciela. So What, in like the kids' space? No, no. as a um, as a kind of partner brand in plant-based. So it will be called Plants by Delicious Ciela and it will okay. be in every category across the store really next year so wow. yeah a lot going on but personally it's really kind of I guess circling back to what we talked about at the beginning which is really trying to make a bit more time a bit more space to try and spend much more time with my children and try and have a little bit more balance and peace and perspective in my life and I think if I've almost learned one thing in the last 10 years it's like nothing's as bad as it seems you know there's an answer to everything and I'm a very kind of emotionally open and aware person and I think I kind of get sucked into the busyness really really easily and so for me what's next is just trying to have a bit more it will be what it will be. Yes, go with the flow. Also, I realised that even though we talked about it and I talked about my annoyance with being asked the question, what's next? <laughs> I went straight to, so what's next? Where are we moving? What? what are we doing? It was such a great, it was such a great test because it was such an easy one to be like, well, let me tell you, we're launching a hundred new products. (laughs) We're going to the Netherlands. We're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing the next thing. And it's so easy for me. Mm -hmm. Like my natural tendency is to be like, okay, and what write 27 to-do lists. And instead I'm practicing saying that is happening. 
concurrently yes. to being a functional, sane human being. Yeah, functional and sane are the level we're aiming for. Honestly, I think, you know, even happiness sometimes feels like a reach. I'm like, I spoke to Ashling B. She was one of our first guests. But generally, I did, like messaged her recently. And, and she was like, I said, I hope it's absolutely brilliant and it's magical and it's amazing. She was going on a trip. It's amazing. And it's exactly what you hope for. And she was like, do you know what? I think if it's just grand, it'll be OK. And I thought okay you know like reach for the stars and you'll land on the moon but also grand there's something like good in steady and solid and consistent there's so much good and that's what normal life is like you've got to find the joy at quiet coffee or whatever those little things your cacao those little things because that's what real life is and then you've got the amazing punctuations of trips or travel or special days out, whatever it is. But you've got to find the joy in the tiny bits and you've got to find sanity and calm in the everyday. Can't keep waiting for the for the holidays or whatever it is. It might never come. That's it the might truth never of it. Go. That's the truth of it. My dad has some very sage advice, which is like, you could be dead tomorrow which sounds like it's quite grim, but it's also kind of a kick up the arse. You're like, that's so true. And it's true. You know, like that's that true. is the reality we only have today. You know, you turn on the news at the moment and you're like, right, nuclear war may erupt at any moment. Yeah. We've got today. Mm-hmm. I'm not we've, even being overly flippant about I it. I know. You know, it's like, we've got today. We've yeah. probably got tomorrow. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Your Excel-loving husband, has he, because um, mine did at a point he seems to have relaxed a little bit but there's there are gas masks in our garage (laughs) and bottled water and I was like Roy that I sorry what is happening here is like you just never know what's going to happen and I don't want to be without water if everybody else is going to be without water and I just thought this is so not like him like something is shaking no I I, it's so funny you say that because we haven't got gas masks maybe that is next step but we did he was you know we did have a full sit down and be like right what's our plan like you know where would we go what would we do are our passports ready should we have cash in the house have you got snacks packed we never even have more than like a pound you know on us and it's like oh my god you know should we be prepped and ready yeah I don't want to we had this positive discussion now. Apocalypse is coming. Stuff everybody. your mattress and buckle up. <laughs> exactly. Those those routines around your meditation are not going. Forget to Forget about it. We're in survival home. mode. <laughs> I know you do have these moments. We were driving. I said we were launching this massive brand for Waitrose, and we were driving out there. And I was like clutching on to these falafels that we've been lovingly testing for weeks. These mini bean burgers. As though, you know, we've been stressing about if these bean burgers are perfect. Will they list these bean burgers? You know, as though this is the most important thing in the world. Which it is. And then you turn on Radio 4 and it's like, and this was one of those days where it really felt bad and ominous. And you just think, maybe I need a bit more perspective. And the falafels aren't that important. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Keeps us grounded. Keep listening to Radio 4. Exactly. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, look, thank you so, so much. Um, I love that. I feel like I've got lots of takeaways, but like healthy takeaways. <laughs> so thank you. 
Oh no, thank you so much. We will. I, honestly, I can't. Yeah, the gas masks. I think we're gonna. Yeah. To go there, but no. Honestly, it's been so great, so nice to. No, it's been lovely to talk about all of this. I really appreciate yeah. it. Well, look, mind yourself, gas mask and all. Oh, like a warm honey and lemon drink, a gentle coffee. Actually, I loved that. It was soothing, and I feel relaxed and actually determined to eke out a little bit more time at the front end of my day so that my head remains attached to my body. Thanks, Ella. Before I let you go, if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, I would very, very much appreciate it. It's pretty easy. You know how to do it. Go there, click the five stars. Write a few nice words. Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. What else? Oh, yes. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Download it. Do whatever you need to do. Listen to it. That's the main point. (laughs) Share it. Share it in your WhatsApp group. People love that. People, oh, I saw a squirrel outside. Anyway, people like when you share things with them that they maybe haven't discovered before or you have a little chin mag around it. Anyway, if you want to hear more from me as well as some videos of the podcast, yes, you can follow me at Angela Scanlon on TikTok. I'm joking. I do sometimes try and post them on TikTok because apparently it's a thing and it's going nowhere much to my disgust. (laughs) But mostly it's on Instagram. Anyway, you can hear your voice at the end of this show, as I mentioned, at the top of this show. (laughs) Just send me a voice memo on WhatsApp 073-61367-705. I'm done. I need to lie down. It's been a big week. I was having a one night stand with a guy in first year at uni and he said, let's get in the shower. But I absolutely hate my feet. So I decided to keep my socks on. They were getting soaking wet as we were in there. And then he said, let's get back in bed. And I didn't want to take my socks off. So I got in with them soaking wet. Thank fuck no one knows. Thanks a Million with Angela Scanlon is a recipe production. 